Hey friends, welcome back to Quick Take, your uh, regular Apple Focus podcast. And uh, if you haven't listened to it yet, uh, go back and listen to episode 29, the previous episode, uh, in which I uh, kind of gave an overview of some of the biggest announcements that Apple made uh, during its keynote on Monday. This is uh, this week, uh, as I'm speaking to you right now, uh, Apple is hosting its Worldwide Developers Conference in San Jose, California, where uh, thousands of developers have, have come in there to uh, learn about the new features uh, and new APIs and, and other development tools that Apple has ready for or is working on for the release of the latest version of macOS, iOS, tvOS, and watchOS coming this fall. And in the last episode, uh, I just you know went through uh, a lot of the key features that were announced for each of those operating systems and kind of gave uh, some thoughts on those. So if you haven't listened to it yet, go back and listen to that one. Um, kind of crazy, you know, I'm sitting here doing a podcast, which is hosted on Apple Podcasts and, and, and a few other services. Um, and Apple uh, just announced recently that they have now uh, over 525,000 podcasts, active podcasts uh, in Apple Podcasts, which is just an insane, crazy number. And um, that's part of why I do Quick Take the way I do it. Uh, I do short form podcasting. Uh, because you've got a whole bunch of other stuff to listen to. There's over 525,000 things out there. And I know if you're anything like me, I, I struggle to get through all the podcasts that I want to listen to that come out regularly throughout the course of the week. I listen to a couple, uh, one or two daily shows, and then uh, the rest of them are, are, are mostly weekly shows, a couple of bi-weekly shows. But you've got a lot of other stuff to listen to, so I like to try to keep this short and sweet, and I think tonight will definitely be that. Um, you know, one of the, the biggest... Uh, attention-grabbing moments in the keynote on Monday, and for good reason, was when uh, Craig Federighi, who heads up uh, Apple's software engineering teams, was on stage and he said, you know, look, uh, with a lot of the, the ways that we've, uh, you know, a lot of the, the news that's been coming out has led people to ask the question, you know, Apple, are you merging, are you planning to merge macOS and iOS? And then a gigantic word, no, you know, dropped on the screen and fell and like the smoke cloud came up and it was a nice keynote effect. Uh, a really emphatic no. Um, and uh, that, that met with uh, uh, some, la- you know, pleasant laughter and applause and cheers from the crowd. Um, and he went on then to talk about, uh, no, we're not merging the two together, but uh, we are making it easier for you developers to uh, bring your iOS apps over to the Mac. And I've seen a lot of kind of snarky comments on that along the lines of, ha ha ha, Craig Federighi gets up and says, no, we're not merging the two, but here's how we, you know, but then, you know, right after that says, well, here's how you can bring all your iOS apps over to the Mac and, you know, kind of this uh, snarky joking thing of, well, you say one thing, but you're really doing another. And, um, you know, some of, some of that is, is just, you know, people making jokes, but you know, there's, it crosses over into a line where there's, uh, you know, just a little bit of, um, uh, I don't know, I guess just some concerns that there's some bad faith on Apple's part. Uh, Leo Laporte this week on MacBreak Weekly actually said, uh, Craig Federighi was being disingenuous when he said that, because he thinks uh, that nobody cares about the question of, whether or not people are merging macOS and iOS, uh, which I think is silly because people have absolutely been asking that question for years uh, in the wake of the fact that uh, the Mac has become a smaller piece of Apple's overall uh, revenue stream. Um, you know, iOS devices, particularly the iPhone, uh, have become a lot, big, lot larger share of that. Um, and, uh, you know, macOS has, has borrowed some things 
uh, from iOS over the years. So a lot of people have been asking that question. Uh, but I appreciated uh, Apple standing up and saying strongly, no, that's not what they're doing. Uh, yes, they are making it easier for developers to port iOS over to the Mac, uh, iOS apps over to the Mac. Um, but that's not because they're trying to merge the two operating systems together. Um, you know, I think arguably what you could take away from the um, Mac OS announcements was kind of a doubling down on what Steve Jobs said years ago when the iPad first came out, where he likened the iPad and devices like it to cars and the Mac to trucks. And, um, you know, the analogy being that, you know, maybe you drive a car like a sedan as your everyday commuter vehicle, but maybe you have a truck or an SUV that you use for certain tasks like pulling a boat or, you know, hauling trash out to the, to, to the dump or something like that. You know, there are certain specialized tasks that a truck can do that your daily driver vehicle just can't do. And uh, I guess we're, we're still kind of in a wait and see phase on whether or not that will totally come to fruition because iPad sales um, went up and up and up and then they kind of went down again and they're still, you know, very strong, but uh, they haven't totally taken over the market yet. Um, but the way that, uh, you know, the iPhone for sure has become uh, most people's primary, you know, the smartphone, shall we say, has become most people's primary computer. So it used to be that the the PC, and I'm saying, you know, using it just to mean personal computer, so Mac or Windows, but the personal computer used to be um, the primary computing device, maybe the only computing device that we had in our life. And, uh, you know, as smartphones, as phones has, have gradually taken on uh, more and more of the capabilities and characteristics of a computer, that has shifted to where, you know, the phone is now the primary computer that we use throughout the day. And, uh, you know, we have a personal computer, whether it be a Mac or a Windows PC, that we use for those more specialized tasks that can be done more effectively that way. And I think you might have seen kind of a doubling down of that or maybe a, a move more firmly in that direction with some of the announcements for macOS Mojave because we have dark mode. And again, as I talked about in, in the last episode, that's not just an aesthetic choice. Uh, that's something that really can make a big difference for creative professionals, um, you know, because they, a lot of times to get the, to, you know, for their eyes to, to, to best um, uh, pick up the, the color and, and contrast and things like that in the images or videos they're working on, uh, they oftentimes will be in a dark room and uh, will use apps that are specifically designed with kind of a dark interface so that the interface, you know, the rest of the computer operating system and window Chrome from the app that they're using itself won't be a distraction from the work that they're doing and things pop off the screen better and they can just better uh, work with that stuff. But then you also see things like, um, you know, bringing uh, more uh, markup capabilities to screenshots and, and to things like that. You see you've got um, the, that new uh, right sidebar in the Finder for, um, you know, quickly viewing in-depth metadata for files and uh, even running automator tasks and different things like that. Um, so just more really, you know, stuff for professionals and more uh, niche type stuff that you can do on the Mac. Um, but they also want to make it easier for developers to uh, bring iOS apps uh, to the Mac because, um, you know, a lot of developers uh, don't really aren't able to develop apps for the Mac because they don't have the uh, the skills and the training and the background that's necessary to create app for the Macs. Um, you know, if you're creating an app for iOS, you use a development tool called UIKit. And if you are creating apps for the Mac, you use a tool called AppKit. 
And, uh, you know, if you have been, uh, you know, if your, if your background is only in creating iOS apps, which, uh, for the majority of developers developing on Apple platforms is the case, um, you know, it's not something that they can just quickly jump over and create an app for the Mac. And so Apple wants to say, Hey, you know, a lot of you guys are creating great iOS apps. We want to, you know, give you the tools to bring a lot of those where it makes sense over to the Mac. And uh, some of those, you know, some apps for the iPhone won't make sense to come over to the app because they really are, um, you know, touch-based uh, apps and they really can't, you know, easily make the transition over to a more mouse and keyboard-based uh, things. And so Apple's just saying, look, developers, we want you to bring some of your great work that you're doing in iOS over to the Mac and we're going to make it easier for you to do that. Um, but what they're not doing, what they're specifically not doing is they're not... Uh, merging the two platforms in the sense of, you know, it's one complete shared code base, it's one it's one operating system, and they're not uh, bringing touchscreens to the Mac because they have long said, and this goes back years and years and years, that they just don't see that as the right uh, user interface strategy. You know, where you, you know, reaching up and touching the screen is just not uh, an ergonomically um, optimized way of interacting with something. And it's really interesting because you see, you know, if you look at the market, um, you know, Apple has, is very staunchly doing the two-platform approach where iOS is touch-based and macOS is mouse and keyboard-based. And Microsoft, with their Surface products, is going the other way where they're saying you can use any kind of interface. You can use touch and you can use, um, you know, mouse and keyboard and uh, just, you know, anything goes um, over there. And so, you know, there's going to be plenty of people in the market that that approach, that, that, you know, philosophy appeals to more. Um, and they've got that. Whereas Apple's got a strategy that they think makes the most sense. And, you know, I think there's a lot of merit to what Microsoft is doing uh, over on their end. Um, but I ultimately, you know, align more with Apple's philosophy. When I do see people using uh, Microsoft Surface Books, for example, which is kind of their two-in-one product where it's uh, the Surface tablet bolted onto um, you know, basically the bottom of a laptop, which has its own processor and GPU and keyboard and trackpad built in. I see those people using them as laptops. I rarely see them touching the screen and I almost never see them detaching the, the, the tablet part and using it as a tablet. So, you know, I think, uh, personally, Apple's approach is the one that makes the most sense for most customers, but it's really interesting to see these two companies approach things differently. But, um, you know, all the snark aside, um, I think what Apple's doing is they're just trying to make the Mac better while keeping it the same. That said, um, I think what they've released so far shows a potentially a promising direction. I think, uh, I think I mentioned in the last episode, the potential pitfall is what we don't want is a bunch of iOS apps that are ported that obviously feel like iOS apps. We want them to feel like native Mac apps. And so far, the ones that Apple has released... Um, you know, they released uh, the Home app and the News app and uh, I believe uh, Stocks and Voice Memos were the other two. So those four apps that were ported over using these uh, frameworks that Apple is going to open up to all developers next year. Um, and uh, they're not bad apps, but they feel like iOS apps. You know, when you resize Windows, it doesn't feel as smooth or as native as when you do that with a real Mac app. So hopefully Apple can work on that and refine that process and make that... Uh, much more smooth so that we do get apps that are ported over from iOS that feel like Mac apps. 
Um, and I think if we do that, then, then things are going to be really good, but we'll see what happens. But that's all I wanted to talk about today. That's been in the news in the last couple of days. And I wanted to share some thoughts on it. Uh, what do you think? If you have a question or a comment or want to disagree with me or, or, you know, whatever, uh, you can find me on Twitter at JW Sherrod, and you can also download the free anchor app for your iPhone and record a message and send it to me. And I can even uh, incorporate that into a future episode of the show and, Maybe you can ask a question or, or give, give your uh, thoughts on something and I can react to it. But anyway, thanks for joining me and uh, I'll see you next time.